Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Kurt Schilling Baseball Show, episode 47. Um, we have a, a really a nice list of stuff to do, including uh, John defending himself and being right um, and some other cool stuff. And we'll get to it, but I want to start um, uh, a story just kind of popped up that uh, that I need to I want to talk about. Um, and, and it's so there's a there's a show um, called Foul Play. It's a podcast and uh, a, a former major league catcher, A.J. Brzezinski, is uh, a co-host. Uh, they had Mark McGuire on uh uh the other day and um well here's the headline major league baseball legend absolutely furious over steroid era disrespect mark mcguire isn't happy over the fact that steroid era players continue to face disrespect and he let everyone know on wednesday how he felt All right let me preface this entire piece with a couple things i'm a i'm a mark mcguire guy i love the man i've always liked him um He's a genuinely good dude. Um, he's a he's a well, he's just a great guy. He he's a nice guy. He's, he was always a friendly guy. Um just a good guy. Um, but he cheated his ass off. And here's the thing. Um what you we and it, it's going under the radar in a way that I I didn't expect it to be. But basically, if you remember Mark McGuire, when we were in front of um and I'm going to say it throughout the piece. I love Mark. I, I've always liked him. Uh, um, when we were in front of Congress, Mark was one of the guys that said, I'm not here to talk about the past. He's never fully admitted it. But he did on on this show. Quote, I didn't need to do it, and I apologize for it. But there was a lot of effing hard work that went in behind all the crap people wanted to give me. All right, a couple things. First of all, again, he apologized, and which is the first time he's publicly admitted anything. Um, and we know, and, and I, I'm going to keep saying this. I, 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 I love the guy. I feel, but I, I don't understand the anger. Um, and, and I'm going to say this. He mentions this a couple times in the piece. Um, uh, obviously steroid accusation and admissions have brutalized McGuire's career in retrospect. He still isn't in the baseball fame has hardly been considered. Seriously, over many as many years on the ballot, while he got reacclimated in baseball as a coach for the three different franchises in the 2010s, McGuire is still upset over the disrespect that's followed him. The iconic McGuire made headlines after sounding off on foul territory. TV co-host A.J. Pruszynski asked McGuire if he felt he and other players have been disrespected. Um, and the quote, you know, uh, but there was a lot of effing hard work. And, and, and let me just stop and say this. Yes, I, listen, the 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 uh, you can argue that the um, steroid stuff was a shortcut. I still believe most of these guys did it for for uh, 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 bounce back ability to be able to recover faster than everybody else, which is a major major advantage. But well, here follow this. AJ says, "Do you feel like you're being unfairly punished, or maybe you're a group? Maybe I should say the group of you, not maybe singling you out just as yourself." Which is come on, dude, ask the question. But kind of what of that whole group of, again, the same kind of people who are being unfairly punished because of bias or whatever you want to call it. Uh, McGuire says, well, it seems like it. That's what it is. I think I heard Barry say it the other day. There were no rules and no regulations. Um, believe me, trust me, if there were any rules in place, that stuff would have never happened. Uh, there was no, no testing, no nothing. So it's like, and I agree with what Barry was saying. Listen, that was the culture. That's what was going on back in those days and uh, whatever. 
But I can personally tell you from me, knowing me, listen, I didn't need to do it, and I apologize for it. But there was a lot of effing hard work that went behind all the crap that people want to give me that uh, about what I did. Preface it again. I love Mark. I, I do. But but this comment is so anti-Mark McGuire because this is – so so just replace Mark McGuire in that quote. Hey, Bill. Yeah. I, I want to ask you this. Replace Mark McGuire in that entire comment with Lance Armstrong. Right. Is it not the same exact It's thing? the exact same thing. Although there were rules, obviously, and regulations, but there were rules and regulations. Um, but if there were rules in place and that stuff never would have happened, why have you taken so long to even admit it? You knew when you were doing it, it was wrong. Right. Right? I mean, that that's the thing. And again, um, a lot of guys were doing it, but please don't. I, I'm just glad he admitted it and we can move on. Um, Cause I do think he probably is a hall of famer uh, for nothing, for no other reason than the fact that him and Sammy brought baseball back after the 94 strike and lockout. And, and that should not be discounted. It, no, that was an enormous, that might be the most influential thing he ever did. Absolutely. Um, but I, I just, it smacks of a lack of accountability and I've never taken him to be that guy. Um, and then, you know, unfortunately, the writers uh, of this article agrees with him. Uh, but but listen to this uh, list. Maguire, Rodriguez, Bonds, Manny Ramirez, uh, Roger Clemens, and Sammy Sosa. Um, they were all doing it. But I don't know. It, correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, but nobody on that list has ever come out and admitted it. I don't remember anybody specifically so if, saying if they were doing it and it wasn't wrong and it wasn't against the rules. Why have none of them admitted it? Right. Because it was against the rules and it was wrong and they all knew it. And, and um, to the point where some of these guys ruined other people's lives lying about it. Right. That's, I mean, if this, I, I, and I, I would bet, any every dollar I have, if every one of these guys had come out and said, you know what? Yeah, I'm sorry. They'd all be in the Hall of Fame. I, I don't doubt for us, they'd all be in the Hall of Fame. Their accomplishments and their on the field performance. This is a world of second chances. Right. Everybody Lance I well, not Lance Armstrong, but ev almost everybody gets a second chance. Washington, DC elected Marion Barry a second time. I mean, my God. But, 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 and again, it bothers me because of what it, it says about Mark that I've never felt it to be true. Mark McGuire worked his ass off. Alex Rodriguez worked his ass off. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, uh, uh, Manny. I saw Manny worked his ass off. These guys worked their ass because they also understood that what they were doing was very dangerous. And if they didn't take care of their bodies, you could kill yourself. So these guys all had personal trainers and they had quote unquote professionals like Balco um, uh, and, and all of the things that go around that because they knew what they were doing. And again, if it wasn't against the rules and, and it was the culture, why didn't everybody just say, oh, yeah, I'm absolutely doing it? Because of all the reasons we know. And, and I wanted to mention it because, again, um don't 
and and, and here's the other thing. Um, I, the the other problem I had with the quote was this: I didn't need to do it, and I apologize for it. Yet, if you don't do it, you don't hit seventy home runs. No, no, and and I know no. maybe you hit fifty eight. But right. the seven, the the recovery aspect of doing steroids is what I believe gave them all of them the the advantage. And you look at remember if you remember McGuire's September that year, it was a monster September. Right. I mean, he homered. It felt like every day for the final two weeks of the season. Sammy too. Right. But that is that's the opposite of regular seasons. Correct. Look at the go back. I and listen, hey John, I, I know you're you're hanging out back there, and I'm going to make amends to you later, but. I want to go back for the next show. Let's go back and look at McGuire's September's throughout his career and compare him statistically September wise all throughout his career to, to the years that he was juicing. I'll bet you. And I, I, I have no idea what the numbers are. I bet you they're different and I'm going to bet drastically different. I'll bet you honestly with same thing with bonds and same thing with, with a rod. Uh, well, though, I, I don't know. I think A-Rod did it for most of, if not all of his career. Um, but look at, like, Clemens before he left Boston. Um, you know, I, I think you're going to see it because it's not about, yeah, yes, your fast switch muscle fibers and all those other things change, but it's about recovery. And in, in baseball, it is probably the hardest sport to, to play schedule-wise because of the recovery aspect. All right, let's uh, off of that. That was kind of an unplanned piece of content, guys, but – I just felt very strongly about that, uh, uh, commenting on that and talking about that because that, and correct me if I'm wrong again, Bill, but isn't that a monster headline? It is. It's a really Mark McGuire admitted it. Exactly. And, and, you know, in in a roundabout way, by the way, he didn't come out and say, I did it. He said, I apologize for it. That's, you know, uh, I would have preferred to say, yeah, you know what? Mm -hmm. I did it. And I'm sorry. In the same but, sentence where he said there wasn't rules about it. Right. So, it was not. Yeah, I did it. But it's right. the liberal defense, right? Everything is yes, but Trump. Yes, but. Yes, but. That's, you know. Um, but again, I don't like him any less today than I did yesterday. I love Mark. And, he, and he's a genuinely good guy. Um, but I also probably think that there's a, a a saturation point for those guys and they're just tired. Yeah. Right. But again, it's their own fault. And that I, I hate to say it like that, but the fact of the matter is they made the decision that they have to live with. And and it, I've talked about this with you before, Bill, and I think, John, I've talked with you as well. They lost the one thing you can't buy. And it, I think now it's dawning on them that they're never going to get their legacy. Right. And and I've got to believe that's painful. Um. Especially at this point in their life. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I keep saying it. Um, my judgment of those guys as men has almost everything to do with the kind of people they were as opposed to, the, to what they did because they weren't alone. There was a crap ton of guys. And unfortunately, probably quite a few guys in the big leagues who wouldn't have been there. I played with some. I know some who wouldn't have been in the big leagues if they hadn't cheated, which means they took the job of someone who didn't cheat. And didn't get there. Um, so anyway, let's hop off to uh, to uh, a place where um, I lived, uh, unfortunately, all, a lot of times. The Rays uh, have lost Shane McClanahan, uh, and I believe for the year. Um, he's going to have his 
injured form. And, you know, this is ad nauseum for me, Bill. I can't stand saying this. Uh, he injured his left forearm, um, evaluated by – and here's the thing. Um, you'll always hear people talk about pitchers injuring their forearm, right? Because they don't want to say why the forearm is injured. The forearm is injured because it's connected to this. This is why the forearm gets injured. Because of – there's probably instability in the elbow joint – and things are happening in your forearm because when you think about pitching and repetition, um, I could I, you could play catch almost and, and not use your elbow every now and then. Like you didn't have to use your elbow all the time, but you use your forearm all the time. Um, and so it basically it comes in. Here's my problem: uh, they said it's highly unlikely he will pitch again this season, which uh, already is a problem for me. Um, uh, Tommy John surgery, flexor surgery, or loose body removal are among the options under consideration. Um, less than ideal news, I think, at this point, probably everything is on the table. Surgery is certainly an option. Certainly, surgery shouldn't be an option. It should be the option. The option, yes. Right now, get it done. They're doing some amazing things, guys, in, in orthopedic medicine. And, and maybe, you know what? I think I just remind you, you know what? I'm going to have uh, uh, one of our orthopedic surgeons, Dr. Tom Gill. I'm going to get him to come on the show. That'd be great. Uh, and we'll do a show talking about this. Um, but well, look at the list of Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. No, I was going to yeah, I was, I was gonna get to yeah. that. But he missed the entire 2016 season after having Tommy John at the University of South Florida. Uh, he's 11 and 2 with a 3 2. Uh, Raise pitchers Jeffrey Springs, Tommy John, Drew Rasmussen's elbow ligament internal brace surgery. Kind of the same thing. Uh, Shane Baez, Tommy John, Josh Fleming, left elbow inflammation, currently in a rehab assignment. Get the surgery. Tyler Glass now. Uh, that's that's back, back spasms. Um, but um, but it, it, and, and John asked the question, how does it hurt the race for the rest of the season in the playoffs? It's devastating. But I always allude and go back to uh, Bill Belichick. Next man up. Next man up. Now, listen. If McClanahan ends up being the icebreaker that stops them, it's he's not, it's not a one man thing, right? No. You're talking Springs, Rasmussen, Baz. Uh, I think it's Shane Baez, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Fleming and Glasno, they're all out. So it, this is a domino thing. It's not going to be just one guy because if you lose one guy and miss the playoffs, you weren't a playoff team anyway. And Tampa um, Bay has a deep farm system. They develop pitchers regularly. But, hey, but you remember the conversation coming out of spring training, and I told you that great pitching staffs usually have 15 big league pitchers. Right. Three or four of them are in AAA. They're young enough that you can control them. They might be they might be in the big leagues with everybody else, but you're deep enough to do that. This is why right here. Yeah. Because with very few exceptions in the last 50 years, you're going to find it very hard to, to a staff of 11 or 12 guys that goes from April to, to the postseason. You're going to find probably more in the neighborhood of between 15 and 20, up and down, up and down kind of situation. Um, and you need to have veterans who want to buy into something bigger than themselves and will stay in AAA because they know they'll get a shot in the big leagues or the young players under control. And this is what Tampa does. They draft great baseball players. They keep them up to the six years of which they can uh, before they get to free agency. It's why Tampa Bay, um, they haven't done it as much as they could have done it, but Tampa Bay is always very uh, peculiar about call-ups and send-downs because of the September stuff because they want to control their players for that extra year. Um, not a bad, and it's not a bad strategy. I'd do it uh, as well. So anyway, McClanahan's probably not going to pitch again this year. Um, and the Rays, 
uh, are going to have problems, I think, getting through um, getting through the division and the playoffs. Uh, I don't think the division is going to be as challenging as the postseason, obviously. I think they're in. Um, Kevin Brown, not the pitcher, uh, is going to return to the Oriole play-by-play booth uh, on Friday. Uh, today. And um, and and I hey Bill, we have to talk. To, we have to take John aside and talk to him because he's starting to turn into a member of the media. Um, yeah, he wrote Brown was reportedly suspended by the team. No, he wasn't reportedly. He was. He was suspended by the team. We don't use allegations or allegedly. We're okay with going. Brown was suspended by the team because the owners are idiots. Um, uh, and that's what I translated what you wrote here, John. Um. Orioles chairman and CEO John Angelo, son of majority owner Peter Angelo, reportedly took offense to those comments, leading to Brown being suspended for over a week. I'll say it again. There are people who you learn and understand very quickly never had uh, anything but yes people around them. And generally, these ownership groups are a lot like that. The good owners... They want contrarians. That they want they're they're like Trump. They want people to disagree with them in the inner circle. But when we walk out of the room, we're all on the same page. Um, not uh, not in Baltimore, no. uh, and it's another reason why the Angels family has just butchered uh, this organization for twenty or thir- last twenty or thirty years, and it's sad. Um, I thought they were turning the corner, but apparently, what's happened is they've allowed the baseball people to get enough control over baseball operations that they've turned them into a legitimate franchise. Now they, you know, the, the, the challenging part. And you know what? I think we'll get an owner on here as well. I, I know a couple of my former owners I can actually have on the phone or have on the show. Um, the owners want to, good owners want to be challenged. Um, and then they'll convince you of why you're wrong or they'll acquiesce and say, okay, yeah, you know what? Let's do that. But you have to trust your baseball people to do baseball things. And you can't meddle in the stupid stuff. Because here's the problem with this, um, and I've said this a bunch of times on this show. You don't want your players answering BS questions and stupid stuff. You want them focused on the game. Half of the commentary in that clubhouse from reporters and questions from those reporters this past week has been, what do you think about the announcer being suspended? What do you think about ownership doing blah? And the only thing that this story can do is cascade in a bad way. There's no right answer other than, you know, it's none of my business. That's what everybody should have said. And I'm assuming that's what everybody did because you haven't heard the media run away with another big story about this. What you um, did hear were the fans in Baltimore chanting Kevin Brown's name, bring him back. That's not what you want your fans doing no, either. And it's one of the many reasons why I'm in, I've always been in love with Baltimore fans. Um, you know, I a quick story. I showed up in, in April or in September of 1988, the year the Orioles started 0-21. I made my major league debut, and I want to say there was thirty thousand people in in, in uh, Memorial, Memorial Stadium. Stadium, and they were seven thousand games out of first place. Um, they love their baseball, and they're great fans, and they deserve better. Um, I watched the uh, the last out of this, um, and thought it was awesome. Uh, the Phillies uh, made a trade, uh, and actually, people don't realize this: the Phillies made the only trade for an all star pitcher this year. He was the only all-star pitcher traded. Michael Lorenzen uh, threw a no-hitter. Um, and then John actually alluded to some stuff that actually, in the back of my high, set off a couple warning signs. Um, but uh, he's 2-0. Uh, he tosses a no-hitter. 
on uh, on Wednesday night. Um, but here's some things that I am less than enthused about. The 124 pitches were a career high. And I, I, I talked in the past about high leverage pitching. Like if I throw 85 pitches in a one nothing game, that's 100 times more taxing than 115 pitches in a 9 nothing game. A no-hitter's the same way. It's max effort. It's it's physically as demanding as anything you can do. That's the most pitches he's ever thrown in a game. Uh, that doesn't make me smile. Uh, he had never thrown a complete game in the major leagues. He had only once had he gotten an out in the ninth inning, and that was last year. Um, his longest score to start was seven innings this year. Um, those those stats of of uh, and I don't want, I don't think it's going to happen. I hope it doesn't happen. I pray it doesn't happen. But those are the kind of stats that end up getting a guy hurt, and it takes a couple days to uh, or a couple starts to to have an impact. Bone chips, um, things like that. That those are where it happens. It happened to me. That's that's kind of how it happened to me in in '93. My last start of the year, I threw 154 pitches in a nine-inning complete game in the World Series, uh, and I'm pretty sure I I, I hurt myself that night. Um, do it, do it all again in a heartbeat. But uh, I came out in '94 and I was hurt with, and I didn't realize it at first. But um, those aren't things you want to do. Uh, he said he had dreamed of throwing a no-no. Uh, he'd never come close before that night. Um, but again, this is the second time in his career. His big league career. The second time in his career he's gotten an out in the ninth inning. That's that's a no-no. That that's a no-no. Um, you know, well, uh, and like I said, it, it's a different game and I understand it. But I can tell you that I had probably pitched into the ninth inning 30 to 50 times before I got to the big leagues. Maybe 30 might be I 50 might be an exaggeration, but the fact of the matter is getting guys to do it in the first. So I hope he's okay and hope everything works out and I'm sure he's going to be fine. But if something happens, uh, look back on this one. I me- you remember, I-, I know Bill, you remember this, the Johan Santana no hitter, right? That ended his career. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so and, and anyway. Lorenzen is the hottest pitcher since July 1st. Yeah. In the major uh, league. Last six starts, a uh, 1.11. Um, and the, again, it's kind of surprised me. He was the only all-star pitcher. Yeah. You think about you know Scherzer and Verlander and those guys were traded. None of those guys were on the All Star team. He, his numbers are Curt Schilling playoff numbers, ERA wise. <laughs> yeah, but 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 uh, and I the, the my favorite part of the whole night was watching the guys uh, because there was another story uh, and John's going to get me the kid's name. Uh, kid made his major league debut in this game for the Phillies and homered his first at bat. Oh Wilson, what what's his first name on? Yes, yeah. Uh, and watching his dad go from jumping up and down and family going absolutely crazy to his dad in tears was, uh, that's the kind of stuff for me that I absolutely love. I absolutely love. And he hit a bomb too, because he's been going, he's a one of those guys, a career 4A player in a lot of teams' minds. Like he's a power hitting minor league guy. I don't know if you remember this guy, but there was a guy back in the day, long time ago, named Joey Meyer. And Joey Meyer was with the Brewers, and Joey Meyer hit 35 to 45 home runs every year in the minor leagues. But he was always in AAA hitting them. 
and uh, got a couple cups of coffee in the big leagues, but it, it just didn't translate. The consistency didn't translate. And they call it, that's where I heard the term 4A player the first time. And that's not a knock. It, it's just the teams think a guy is he's a really good minor leaguer that and his his skill set doesn't translate. But 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 this kid obviously uh, uh, big power bat in the minor leagues. He's, I think he's 28 years old. Um, but what a great highlight. And then and then the other piece was. I don't know if you saw it, the, the, the team running on the field, but they're, after a no-hitter, there are certain different types of reactions, right? Those guys were so genuinely excited that he did it. Okay. And you, it's like little kids. It was awesome. Uh, the, 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 um, the highlight was awesome, I thought. Um, and then lastly, uh, John, in defense of himself, uh, decided he was going to bury me in Bobby Wood Jr. stats uh, to confirm his point the other day, uh, which was true. And, and and the only reason I questioned it is because it, for one of two reasons. Maybe we missed somebody, but if it was true, it's an unbelievable statistic, right? And here's what it was. Uh, Witt is the first player to ever go 20-30 in his first two seasons, and I knew Bill would look it up too. Bill had looked around uh, because most of the guys – and, and let me just throw this list of names out there. Just the top list, this this top half, top top players: Willie Mays, Bobby, and Barry Bonds, Vladimir Guerrero. Uh, none of them went twenty or thirty in either their first or second years. Most of them didn't do it because most of them were in an era when you called up young guys in September. So their first season or two was was September call up stuff. Um. And you that was what you did to get these guys acclimated. But more importantly than that, there are only 43 players who have hit 30 homers and 30 and stolen 30 bases. Uh these four, uh the four that we just talked about, uh have did it a combined 13 times. 30-30. And and 30-30 is a, a, a I mean 40-40 is absurd. And I think the only two guys to do it initially were two guys that were steroid guys, Conseco yeah. and A-Rod. Right. Um, but three players this year have a chance at 30-30. And please don't go to sleep on the fact that all three of these guys just turned like 12 years old. Ronald Acuna is 26 with 53 bags. Corbin Carroll, who is a rookie, has 21 with 36 stolen bases. Bobby Witt has 20 and 34. Um. And so, the and and by the way, if I say Cedric Mullins, you know who I'm talking about, Bill? I do. Okay, but, I don't. Oh, he was the last thirty thirty kid in 2021. Yeah, two and eighteen and nineteen and none between 2012 and 2018. Yeah, there is he, an enormous influx of young talent in baseball, exciting young talent, um, and you could possibly have three. Sub 25 or 26 year olds, 25 year old. Oh, Kuhn is how old? 23, 24? Yeah. Yeah. Who could go 30 30 this year? That's that's in, awesome. In doing uh, the research on this, the, it amazed me that it 40 only 43 guys have gone 30 for 30 as right. long as baseball has been played. Right. And the Bonds, father and son, are 10 of the 43 times it happened. They right. each have five. Is it, is it 43 players or 43? 40, 43 times 
Okay. And 13 of the f- players on the list have done it multiple times. Okay. And Barry and Bobby each did it five. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 if you think about it, it makes sense, right? Because um, when you think about the early days of baseball, the home run wasn't a thing. Right. Right. The stolen base was. And then you go into the 60s, 70s. And, and, and I'm going to guess a lot of the 30-30 stuff. And, and I'm... I'm only including, you know, modern baseball in the sense that not five balls was a walk and four strikes was a strikeout kind of crap. Right. I'm talking about, you know, from the 60s on. I'm going to bet most of those seasons are from the 60s on. Yeah. Um, uh, because Mays did it in the 50s. Right. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. Let's caveat anything with Willie Mays. Right. Um, right. He, he was uh, a, a freak in every great way possible. Um, and probably even a better man than he was a player, which is hard to to, to be since he was probably I, – I still think physically Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle were the two most physically gifted human beings uh, prior to, like, 1980. I would put Bo Jackson and Dion in that category. Um, but but uh, – st- so the stolen base w- 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 was a bigger thing. And then you had the period of time where in the, in the 90s and I think into the 2000s, the stolen base became – out of touch, out of fashion, right? Because G- G- Moneyball didn't give away outs, right? So if you weren't an 85% guy, you didn't steal. Now if the new rule's coming back, you're going to see the stolen base. Uh, you are already seeing it. Yeah, they, the stolen um, base numbers this year are very much higher. But Carol and, and, and Acuna, obviously, but Carol and Witt both are doing this, just coming straight up out of the, out of the minor leagues. Right. And that's... That's pretty breathtaking when you consider what they're doing. Um, and then uh, I'm going to close off. Uh, no top five list this week, but uh, uh, I am. Uh, and and by the way, quickly, the Rangers have won eight of nine. Uh, and Scherzer threw a gem. Yeah, Scherzer's throwing like the Dodger Scherzer when they traded for him. Um, and the Angels are just going the other way. Yeah. Um, I am headed out of town this weekend. I'm going to be in Arizona on Saturday. For the 25th anniversary of the Arizona Dimeback organization, the door organization is 25 years old this year. Um, and there's going to be something like 60 former players there. Uh, and and apparently the all-time Arizona team they wanted there as well. Um, so that's going to be fun. Um, it'll be a weekend of uh, ass grabbing and joke telling and stupid stuff. Uh, and then I'm flying on the red eye Sunday, Saturday night to Philadelphia where Sunday, uh, the 13th, we'll be celebrating the 30th anniversary of the 1993 Phillies team. Uh, we'll be doing it without uh, some of the key members of that team, um, s- including Captain uh, Darren Dalton. But that will be fun because that I think that city, in, I, you know, I, I, you know, I heard people when I played there in the 90s talk about the 64 Phillies the whiz kids and, and this amazing team. And uh, what was it? The, the Mets team, the miracle Mets, miracle 69, Mets 69, that 69 team uh, has a connection with the city of New York that will never go away. This 93 team in Philadelphia is the exact same way. There will always be a, a, a very strong tie to the fans in Philadelphia with the 1993 team, because we were such a unique bunch. Uh, <laughs> unique is a very kind word for, for that group. But uh that those are so that's what I'm going to do this weekend. I'm going to take I'm going to try and take a lot of video, uh, and maybe next week or the week after we'll do a show 
uh talking about it and showing some of the video of of because i'll talk to the guys and and get some. i think you can promise everybody that there will be stories from this weekend scattered throughout the next four or five shows yeah i would imagine we'll have a, a couple stories hopefully none of them will involve police and bail money um but it's possible especially in philadelphia um but then i'll be back and uh up and running for the show on tuesday next week so that's what i'm going to do this weekend one quick plug outkick.com any place you find your podcast spotify apple any place you can find the kurt schilling baseball show uh would love for you to recommend it uh pass it along in social media and help the audience grow because i don't know how you i i think the reception has been very good uh, but I love doing this. I love talking about baseball uh, and I love uh, telling stories about baseball. I have enough of them and I haven't even touched, scratched the surface. Of some of the stories, some of them I can't tell due to non-disclosure and legal things. Um, but everything else that I can tell, I will uh, over the course of time. So you guys have a wonderful weekend, Bill, John, uh, good stuff. And uh, we'll catch up with you guys all on Tuesday of next week. Have a great weekend, guys. 